Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Talk, your weekly podcast following the adventures of Kate Kane and the CW's hit show, Batwoman. I'm Palmer, and with me, as always, is Tony Ann. Say hi, Tony Ann. Hello, how are you? I'm doing good. Um, sad that, you know, the show's over now till January, apparently. Oh, I know. I was so, when I saw that, I was like, no. I mean, it's going to suck to have to wait till October, but now we have to wait until January. Hopefully they'll be able to start production sooner than they're anticipating, and they might be able to move it up some, hopefully. I'm hoping. Um, so for those who might not have known or um, rely on us for your for all your information, shame on you. Go to the Internet. <laughs> but <laughs> CW put out an article or put out a statement this week saying that, uh, because of the COVID uh, virus, that they're pushing back their shows to start January of 2021, and that will include Batwoman and Superman and Lois, um, and the Flash. Yes, and the Flash, with Supergirl and Legends being a mid-season show. With Supergirl and Legends being mid-season now, looking like spring-summer since their season isn't officially launching until January. Now, Supergirl, I'm assuming they put as mid-season because Melissa Benoist is pregnant. So this yes. will... Yes. That is that is my understanding, yes. The question is, like, because Legends doesn't... Legends doesn't usually have the same episode count as the other shows right they have 15 so i'm wondering if supergirl will end up getting cut down as well they don't they still plan on doing full seasons they made that announcement like the day after they or a couple hours after they announced their schedule they said they still plan on doing full seasons for all their shows they don't plan on shrinking them that just means less repeats which is always a good thing yeah i mean you figure if they're if they're able to go back ahead of schedule, maybe you don't necessarily move up the uh, maybe you don't move up the starting date on TV, but maybe instead of taking off like a week in February and a week uh, in spring, you just kind of plow through all the episodes in succession because now you don't have a you don't have a winter break. You're coming back. You're coming. You're starting the season right around the time you would come back for a winter break. Right. Um, so maybe you take off like Easter because it's a holiday and then, you know, maybe one or two others, but you can pretty much go through un unfettered. Yeah. Also, they did announce that the crossover is going to be a smaller crossover between Superman and Lois and Batwoman. Yes, that feels weird to me. I think it was supposed to be Supergirl and Batwoman. Mm-hmm. But uh, obviously with the pr- production delays and then with Melissa being pregnant, it would be hard enough for her to work on one show, let alone two. So I think they just kind of switched it. But apparently I was reading that uh, the writers of the sh- respective shows mm-hmm. did not know that that was the plan until the net- head of the network announced it. 
Nice. We're going to have a crossover between Batwoman and Superman. And they're like, <laughs> I can just see like the Batwoman's writer's room like, man, we really need to change this episode where we talk really badly about Superman. <laughs> so I just, and you could kind of see them laying the groundwork for a potential crossover. You can, the, yes. In, in, if you think about it in the finale. I try not to think. It gets in the way of me speaking. But, yes, this week was the finale. Well, the somewhat finale. The the only finale you're going to get this season. Which, was it a good finale? We're going to find out. Yeah. Yeah, my, yeah. my feeling exactly. <laughs> I don't quite know how to feel. Like, parts of it felt so low-key, and then parts of it felt so oh my god I wasn't expecting that like it was it almost felt like two separate episodes merged yeah. to get merged together into one because the villain of the week story felt very villain of the week villain of the week and mediocre villain of the week at that I, I, I wasn't really attached to that story it it really felt like the end was supposed to set up like the last two episodes and now you're not going to get that payoff until January. And I feel like the Alice and Mouse stuff was was great, but it was a completely separate episode than what was going on over here. Hmm. It, okay. It, it all didn't quite mesh together as well. I feel like maybe – I don't know. I feel like maybe – because they wanted – I remember reading an, interv- an article. They said that they wanted to make sure – that as long as they got the Alice and Mouse stuff into the episode, then we had a finale. They wanted that as the res- they wanted that story to be resolved, and then you know whatever else was left hanging was left hanging. So I wonder if they sort of maybe that was supposed to happen at a later time, and they kind of moved it into this episode. So so the question is when they filmed this episode, because because Beth and uh, Alice and Mouse don't have any interaction with what's going on in the rest of the episode. No. So I feel like because I feel like they were in the middle of filming an episode and it might have been Alice and Mouse when they had to shut down. And then I think they might have just kind of mixed it all together. Taking that stuff and cut it in. It's kind of how it felt to me. Okay. Yeah. I mean. I mean that de- I can definitely see that being the case, um, and you're right. Like if you look at this as a as an entire episode, while the while the Alice and Mouse stuff definitely feel like they're moving on from where they ended off in the last episode, the fact that they don't affect any of the story in this episode or really have any sort of interaction with anybody else other than themselves. You're right. It does kind of feel like they're two different episodes. Maybe maybe they did squish them together before they I, shut down. Yeah, because I know they did that with Supergirl, too. Um, they ended up because they were in the middle of filming the finale of Supergirl when Supergirl got shut down. So they ended up having to, like, rework what they had already filmed into the episode. And then they were doing like they were looping dialogue to make it all make sense. OK. So I wonder if something similar happened here, too. Very possible. Um, Commentary tracks, people. This better be on Blu-ray. Please. 
All right. So we're going to dive into the season finale of season one, episode 20, Oh Mouse. We start off with um, a a villain of the week, a guy just kind of going through uh, going through the Gotham train station with two really, really long blades in a Arkham Asylum jumper. He goes on to the train. Lots of people go running, except for one guy who apparently is just staring at his phone. Uh, he stops in front of that guy, and he kills him. Jacob Kane goes running onto the train as as the train is starting to take off, you know, keeping everybody out of the train. So it's pretty much just him, the dead guy, and this other guy. They get into a little bit of a scuffle. Jacob has a shotgun that gets that gets knocked out of his hand. Kate, who mysteriously was in the train, <laughs> picks up the shotgun and kind of helps her father out. He, uh, the guy gets away by by pretty much beating Kate, and the train stops. The doors open. He goes running off, and um, Jacob tells Kate, "You know, I thought I told you to stay in the car." And then we get hit with the we get hit with the Batwoman theme. I mean, okay. I mean, it's a good start. Yeah. It was actiony. Yeah, it was. It, 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 I wasn't sure what the hell was happening. I was kind of confused. Uh, I was a little confused, mainly because Kate was there, like, in as her normal Kate, clothes. And not as Batwoman. Right. And then I heard Jacob say, I thought I told you to stay in the car. I was like, so you guys were, like, having Daddy-Daughter Day, just driving around. And they were like, hey, there's a guy in the at, Did you expect in the train station. From Batwoman, like, when we came back from the title card, that we were going to get, like, 24 hours. I did not. I also forgot it said 24 hours earlier, so. No, d- did it? Because I wasn't sure. That's where you... Oh, okay. No, I, was, I don't I don't believe it did. I don't think it did either, but I, I kind of wanted it to, so that maybe that that comment could be explained. And then when it didn't happen, I was like, okay, wait, what's happening? Yes. No, when we get back from the title card, what we do see is Mouse and Alice in the sewer, where Mouse is really, really distraught over technology and is shoving a phone in Alice's face, and they're like... The crows have an app. An app, Alice. You just hit this button and the crows come running. They can people can turn us in wherever they are. You're in a sewer mouse. No one is turning you in in the sewer. Okay, true, but I mean if they have to get food or That's attempt to ill, I mean true, but ill. An attempt to leave for any particular reason, then they get turned in on the spot. So, like, I understood why he was freaking out. Yeah. So, and Alice is like, hey, dude, you're in my light. Like, there's one sliver of light in here, and you're standing right in it. I'm trying, yeah. to, read this. I'm trying to read this journal. Go away. A- Alice is so unbothered. Alice is always all- unbothered. Like, the only time Alice is bothered is when her family stabs her in the back, which is quite a lot on the show. No, I know, but it just, like, her whole dynamic with Mouse this entire episode was just, it's different. It is, and hmm, maybe that lends credence to your whole, like, this was from another episode. Because I feel like, like, we had this conversation last week where it was, do you think, where we said, like, where I posited, like, do you think Alice really cares about Mouse or is she just using him? And it feels like there was a deterioration in the relationship that we've seen developing, but 
it seemed to really have ramped up here. And yeah. It could be because like Alice got them kicked out of Arkham, basically. It could be because Alice got them kicked out of Arkham. It also could be because they're basically quarantined together in the sewers and can't leave and are just getting on each other's nerves. Oh, that's what happens during quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> like I, it, I just felt like okay, this just seems very different and yeah. it could all it could also like i said last stem from the the shift could also go as far back as when she and he were both fear toxined like mm-hmm. but they never really delved into that so it's kind of like we're left guessing why why it's like this which would normally be okay but this is not because this was the last episode, you don't really want to be guessing what's happening. You kind of want to know. True. Yeah, I I fully agree. So, so like we said, um, Alice is like, hey, dude, get out of my light. I'm trying to read here. I'm I'm a learner. I'm a book nerd. I want to read this book. And Hush comes running in, throws a plastic face at Mouse, and is like, you expect me to wear this crap? And I really wish we would have gotten a scene of him like wearing it to see like how bad it looked because him just right? like, him just frisbeeing this face. Now, granted, it didn't look like the face had any sort of um, uh, like eyebrows. So, all right, I can kind of understand what he's saying, but I want to see how bad he looked with this face on. Was it I, not his size? I was kind of team. Didn't Mouse say something like, "What? Like you have a face? Why are you complaining?" And then, well, he doesn't. Well, no, but I mean, he had the face in his hands. Like, I mean, as far as Mouse was concerned, it, I mean, granted, it might be the bare minimum in terms of functionality, yeah, but, Mouse, but Mouse dislikes him anyway. Well, true. So Hush is like, you know, I helped you get the journal. I helped you get out of Arkham. I, you know, I'm helping you. I'm trying to help you locate the kryptonite. You know, you owe me a face. Sticks guns in Alice's face. Again, she is very undisturbed by this unfazed. oh yeah she's she's unbothered to the max yeah mouse is sitting there like well if you shoot her you're not gonna get a face and alice is like no no i you know i can take a note i can take criticism he didn't like the face we'll get him a better one and mouse seemed very offended by that i think yeah so i think in this instance like it seems like he's paying more attention to her than uh She's paying more attention to him than she is to Mouse. Like, he comes in and is like, hey, this face sucks. I need a new face. And she's just like, all right, let me put a bookmark in this. And I'll, you know, I'll go make you a new face. And Mouse is over there like, I'm over, like, I just literally showed you an app and you didn't pay attention to me. Yeah, you could definitely see the dynamic shift. Like, it, it was all just very strange. Yeah, Mouse is also always kind of aggressive when it comes to Alice spending any of her time and energy on people that are not him. Like when she was, when she was spending time and energy on Kate, you know, he was getting upset with that, you know, anything that anytime it's not about him, he tends to get upset. And I think it's because, you know, they spent, they were, they were all each other had for so many years. No, it, it makes total sense. But you would think that Alice kind of knowing that that's how he gets would handle him more carefully. 
than she has been in the last couple episodes. Oh, she handles him very well in this episode. We go over to Wayne Tower, where um, Luke is showing Kate a little green rock that apparently was just in the puddle in, in the Batcave. <laughs> and he's like, that's the only shard of kryptonite on the planet. Only one in existence. We need to figure out a way to to demolish it. And Kate's like, why was this in the Batcave? Well, Bruce was holding on to it for somebody. And she naturally said, let me guess, red tights, big ass on his chest. <laughs> I did love that moment. <laughs> so, um, so she's like, all right, go find a way to get, go find a way to get rid of this or go find a way to destroy it. As Luke is leaving, we have Mary coming in, who is, who is very perplexed because, she, you know, she's like, I thought we were bat huddling. That's not a thing. I mean, it is, though. They just don't call it bat huddling. <laughs> I have and, to say, I love having Mary on team on the bat team. It's kind of my new favorite thing. As long as she keeps naming things after bat, like in the Batman 66 TV show, I am all for it. Like, I want her to pull out, like, the bat shark repellent and everything else. So he's like, I'm off to destroy an alien mineral. And after being slightly confused by those words. <laughs> Which would you be if you didn't understand the context of it? Not at this point. Like, like at this point, it's Batwoman. No, I'm not. I'm not being confused about anything. I, I, I might not know Mary, what they're talking about, but I Mary won't kind confused. of had a look of confusion on her face, but she still rolled with it. She was like, all right, whatever. Yep. Whatevs. Have fun. And then she, uh, she turns her attention to Kate and uh, she's like, so I'm, ass- I'm assuming you know all the details about this Titan Tesla situation now. So the guy at the beginning of the episode with the knives or the long swords or katanas, really sharp weapons, <laughs> uh, is called Tim Tesla. And he has the nickname the Titan because he was a running back uh, for the Gotham Goliaths football team. And Mary trying to explain who he is to Kate, you know, star running back of the of the Gotham Goliaths, had a thousand yard season with a hundred receptions or whatever. And Kate just blank stare. And she's like, Let's explain- pretend I don't know any, what any of those words mean because I'm a lesbian. <laughs> My favorite line of the episode. Oh, mine mine is coming up. So she so she explains to him and she explains what's going on and then she's like but it turns out his in his incredible athletic ability had a not so secret secret say it with me mary says steroids and kate just says sexy cheerleaders <laughs> and that was my favorite part <laughs> like i don't know exactly why that was the secret to his ability to play in kate's mind <laughs> was great but the, I just... the hamster at the wheel of kate's brain stopped midway on that one because i want to know the thought process i mean maybe that's what gets kate going who knows i mean it's it's fine but... <laughs> just not what we expected to come out of her mouth no like and i like it because like like Mary is leading her to say it because she start like she prolongs the S. She's like, say it with me, 
and then she's like steroids, <laughs> sexy cheerleaders. So close, Kate. So close. <laughs> well, I forget what was Mary's face when she said that. Uh, I don't like at this like probably bewilderment. She's like, no, bad Kate. <laughs> so you know they have to figure out they have to figure out where he is, where he's going to attack, and all that other stuff. He escaped from Arkham, right? Yes, he was one of the people escaped from Arkham. So Kate's like, all right, let's go down to the Batcave. And Mary's like, um, shouldn't you sit this one out? And Kate's like, listen, Miss Batwoman doesn't get a holiday. <laughs> I really do love them so much. So Mary is afraid because Jacob declared war on Batwoman in the last episode. And Kate's like, you know, I still got to do this. Even though, you know, I need to prove to him that Batwoman is a, is a force for good. So that so I have to go out and find this guy. Maybe that'll change his mind. And and Mary's like, you mean like the time she's like, you know, you don't know my father. You know, he, it, it's just talk. And she's like, you mean like the time he said he told you you couldn't get a crow SUV for your birthday and you stole one and he had you arrested or the time that. He said no party in the penthouse, and you had a party in the penthouse, and he called the police commissioner who landed a helicopter on our roof, and you, and then arrested you? <laughs> How many times has Kate been arrested for not doing what Jacob wants? That's probably... Like, that's a, half... It seems like that would be half of her arrest record. Probably. And probably why she went to the military school she went to. Yeah. So, she's like, no, I gotta do this. I got to do this thing. So uh, that ends that scene. We come back from commercial and we see Alice going to going into Gotham University um, because apparently she uses their their morgue because universities have morgues, apparently. Um, Is that yeah, like an actual thing? It can be depending on what kind of um, programs they have there. Okay. I just found – I'm just like, why does a college have a morgue? Like, this seems well, like a really bad horror movie idea. And I don't well, mean, like, bad in the way of it's, like, a cheesy idea for a horror movie. I mean, like, like that's where a killer would obviously – Well, true, but, I mean, obviously, if they have a med school program or something and they need to work on cadavers, cadavers have to go somewhere. Usually they go in a grave. Not if they've been donated for science. And yeah. You have to... Those so are the it... ones that become zombies, and hence why it's a bad idea. So I didn't I didn't bump on that because I just figured well whatever no like, I, yeah no they they she said it before like that's where they get it and obviously I think it's because um a morgue at a college is probably less guarded yeah than the regular morgue yeah so she was going to the morgue at the college to to get a new face but while she's over there might as well stop by the geology department so she knocks on the door of the of the head of geology and she's like hey. It's me, Alice. No, the guy figured out who she was. But she's like, I need you to help me find kryptonite. And, and then he uh, started naming all these similar like, elements. I'm sorry, do you mean cobalt? Kryptonite? Yeah, like he goes through every K mineral. And she's like, no, kryptonite. Little green rock. And it rings a bell for him. And he's like, oh, we did some tests on something like that, but it was a it was a rock from outer space. She's like, yeah, that's the one. Where is it? 
And he's like, went back to Lucius Fox. He owned it. And she's like, well, he's dead. So where is it now? Like he knows. And he's like, I, I'm assuming still with him. I. So she gets upset because obviously this means it's at Wayne Tower somewhere. And naturally, when Alice gets upset, she picks up giant rocks and smashes people in the face with them and kills them. I, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't sure what to think there. Well, I mean, it's Alice. She kills people. She is the villain. Like as much as I love Alice. No, and, she is totally the villain. And like there's like like, you know, high school girls always have like that bad boy infatuation like like i'm i'm there but she is the bad person like i'm not so in love with her that i don't know she is the villain we I'm going just feel into, i'm going we just into this, feel for her anyway yes i'm going into this relationship with my eyes wide open i'll be dating a cold-blooded murderer i'm sort of okay with it she, she uh so she kills the head of geology and she's like well gotham you needs a new head of geology i'm just gonna put this bloody rock back on the desk where i found it <laughs> And walks out. We have Luke and Mary in the Batcave where Luke is putting water droplets on kryptonite. I know it's probably a scientific thing. It's probably not water droplets. But that's what it looks like. Some sort of clear chemical liquid. Yeah. And Mary's like, so did you figure it out yet? Did you figure it out yet? Did you figure (laughs) it out yet? Did you figure it out yet? I love them so much. Luke's like, no, I haven't. Mary comes up with this really good idea. Smash it with a hammer. I mean, she's not wrong. And usually the simplest answer is what's best. And I mean, that's that's been where she's been at since she's been on the bat team. Like simple answers. Smash it with a hammer. Why not electrify the suit? Like these are all solutions to, to problems in Mary's world. Luke, and Luke, I think Luke even said something like, don't you think if that would have worked, I would have already done it. <laughs> Which is classic guy cover up for I haven't done it yet, but I'm not going to tell you that because I don't want to give you the credit. <laughs> we go over to Batwoman inside the Goliath Stadium to go see uh, Teslo's brother, Apollo, who Mary knows because he is dating somebody on Instagram, apparently. Oh, yeah, this I kind of checked out on this part because I was like, OK. Mary yeah. knows them through her millennialness, and I'm like done. Yeah, because that like when she was explaining the stuff to Kate, Kate's like, "How do you know any of this?" And she's like, "Oh, well, his brother Apollo is is dating Sue Kravitz. Something it wasn't Sue Kravitz, but it was some random name that we haven't heard of before. So I assume it's an Instagram famous person or someone they both know. No real history to it. So she's like, so she's like, all right, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go talk to him." He's running up steps and, you know, she's like, well, hey, do you know where your brother is? And he's like, no, I don't. I I testified against him at his trial. Um, So he's in jail because he got upset during a game when the ref made a bad call in his mind. So he snapped his neck. And all I thought when I heard that was, well, that's not normal. No, not usually. Like, I'm not, like, I'm I'm a sports fan, and I've seen football games, yet to see anyone kill the referee. I mean, it might happen more in soccer matches. Those guys get really upset. I don't pay enough uh, attention to sports to actually know for sure. 
Well, you would just because they have sexy cheerleaders. That that wouldn't even do it for me. (laughs) So uh, Batwoman and Apollo are having the conversation like, do you know where he would be? You know, you're the only family of his. And he's like, no, I don't. He's like, but he had said, you know, this isn't how he, you know, he was kind of turned into this person, either with the steroids or whatever, because he was always helping out people. He was bringing the neighborhood kids to the school, to the bus stop to make sure they got on there safely. He was a big brother. You know, this, you know, when he snapped that guy's neck, it was totally out of character for him. Okay. <laughs> if okay, you say yeah. so. And I think part, like, I think part of the reason why I was disconnecting so much to this particular villain is because we were hearing so much about him from other people like if you think about it our other villains of the week that we've seen we've actually like could kind of see inside their heads a little bit Mm -hmm. as they were being the villain but so much of this took place off screen that it was like exposition dump city yeah and it just kind of took me out of it so teslo shows up on the other side of the not on the other side of the stadium but like two sections away coming up the ramp, yelling at his brother. Batwoman steps up to to fight him so he can't go after the brother. They fight. He cracks some of her ribs. He throws one of the swords at his brother who's running away, gets him in the spine, crippling him. And he kind of walks away saying, you know, you sent me to prison. Now this is a prison for you, meaning now his body's a prison because he can't walk or run. Maybe even move his hands. I don't know. Nothing gets resolved on this. Yeah, this all just kind of. It yeah, it's a yeah, it's a real throwaway it's, villain. It's a throwaway villain, and I think it served as a plot point to get us. Yeah. To the point where Jacob, um, to the point where we needed to be in the in the the Jacob Batwoman story. Yeah. Uh, we come back from. We come back from commercial and the crows are outside. The crows are outside uh, the stadium and Jacob's there and he's like, hey, you know, I blame Batwoman. Which seems to be his default mode lately. Yeah. We go to the Batcave. Mary's Mary's bandaging up uh, Kate. And this is why I kind of like now. This is why I like Mary. Um being there for Kate, because in the comics, Kate initially had her father. Her father was always in on her being Batwoman. He didn't really like it at the beginning, and then he's like, well, if you're going to do it, I'm going to help you. You know, that's my, you know, that's kind of my rule. And so he would essentially, like, he would do what Luke does. Like, he runs the tactical portion, you know, his he's her eyes throughout the city feeding her information and then he's also there to kind of patch her up when she comes back kind of like alfred does for bruce batwoman in the show doesn't really have that so i like mary being in on it because now she has that yes she has that person to kind of patch her up so she doesn't always have to go to mary in costume or come up with a stupid excuse like somebody's there to kind of patch her up when she needs it right away and I wonder if in season two, Mary might, instead of making Batwoman go to her clinic, if she might make some sort of med bay or something um, in the Batcave. Yeah. I mean, there's there 
there should already be one because that's where Alfred usually patches up Bruce. So I think it's just a set they would need to a set piece they would need to do. I mean, you could always say Mary put it in there too, either way, but it would be a natural fit to have it there. Uh, Mary tells Kate, "Hey, you know, you have like th- you have a couple cracked ribs." And Kate's like, ah, "I think it's more than a couple." Ha ha. Ow, I'm in pain. <laughs> we we go back to Alice and Mouse, and Alice is is doing the new face for Hush, um, sewing on some eyebrows because eyebrows don't come naturally, apparently. Um. Well. It kind of makes sense considering the entire face isn't really natural. Oh, yeah, no, it it makes sense. And Mouse is like, look, you know, we need to leave Gotham. The crows are going to find us. They're going to kill us. They're not going to send us back to Arkham. They're going to shoot us on sight. We need to figure out to do something. And Alice is like, look, like, I was betrayed by my sister. I was betrayed by my father. I need to do this to be able to move on. And Mouse is like, look, I want you to be happy. I want you to be whole. But I, you know, I need, we, I need to get out of here. Like, I'm going to leave then. And then, yeah, I think that's what triggered what happens later. But because I think when he said that he was going to leave, like she completely freaked out. So he's like, I'm going to leave. She doesn't she doesn't want him to leave. And she's like, fine, if you really want to go, I'm not going to let you leave me. We'll leave. But before that, we're going to leave Gotham with a bang. Now, apparently they so the place they're going to, they have no set place. Um, It's, you know, it the the quote that they use is out of um Alice in Wonderland, which is like the beautiful gardens and the cool fountains, um, which is a really nice callback. I mean, it's a nice poetic sounding um, uh, quote. So I really like that little idealistic. Like, where are you going to like? So you're going to go to Rome? Like there's fountains in Rome, but there's no gardens. I mean, you need actual places. You can't just go to allegories. You can't go. Right. You can't go to American Airlines and be like, I want to go to the Garden of Eden. But it also makes sense to me why she would explain it like that, because that was always the way they kind of pictured. Oh, yeah. yeah. Their, you know, it, it all it all kind of made sense. Yeah, it, it definitely makes sense. And I, like I said, I really I like the imagery it produces, but it wasn't like they always were planning on going to like Toledo. Right. They were always planning on finding their wonderland. They just never knew where it was. Right. We go back to the Batcave and we're getting an idea of why uh, Teslo is the way he is. Um, every year he had to do they had to do brain scans to monitor them for CTE. And every year the brain scans they submitted were pretty much the same. Didn't show any damage. They looked all fine. But it turned out they were they were submitting false scans, and his actual brain, the his last season had so much damage that it had completely damaged the part of the part of his brain that registered pain. So he he literally felt no pain. Right. So that's fun because this guy's like a giant to begin with. So 
you know, Kate's like, well, I got to, you know, we got to figure out where he's going to be. And, you know, we're going to have to figure out how to take him down. And Mary's like, you can't go. You have, you know, you're in no shape to take him on alone. We, you know, I think I have a plan. What did you think her plan was before we saw what her plan was? I don't know. Because I could never, I could never get into Mary's head. Like, this is, this is someone who, you know, has champagne ready at the end of a mission. This is someone who, who is bewildered about alien minerals. I just, I mean, I figured she was going to call Sophie or somebody. I, for some reason, and I don't know why I pictured this, I pictured her in the bat suit. Oh, that would have been a horrible idea. <laughs> I don't know why that is what popped into my head, but that is what popped into my head. Yeah, no, that's, that would easily be the worst idea Mary ever had. <laughs> um, actually, to be fair, I thought, I, I thought it was going to be putting somebody else in the suit or putting somebody in another suit. My money was on Luke just because he becomes a costume vigilante down the road in the comics. So, you know, I wasn't I wasn't disappointed when that didn't happen because I thought it would have been a giant leap from where we've seen Luke now to that. But it wouldn't have been a complete shocker. No, so it wouldn't have been. Her, so her idea is show up at the show up at um, the police headquarters throw on the bat signal, and when the crows come out with their guns pointed to the bat signal, come out from behind there going, don't shoot, don't shoot. Jacob, after we come back from commercial, Jacob comes in and is like, Mary, what the hell's going on here? She's like, talk to Batwoman. Hands hands him the phone. He cocks to Batwoman, and Batwoman's like, I need your help. He's like, I'm sorry. Can can you not deal with him on your own? She's like, no, I can't. No. <laughs> like, we need to we need to team up. We need to help each other. And Jacob is kind of pissed that she brought Mary into this. Mary's like, no, this was my idea. Yeah. So after he hangs up on Batwoman, the only way you hang up on somebody by throwing the phone against the wall, he turns to Mary and is like, what's going on? And Mary pretty much tells him, like, look, this was my idea. She didn't bring me into it. I went to her. I believe in what she's doing. You should, too. She, and she even says, like, think of it this way. If if the fact that I believe, you know, if I, the fact that I believe in her. Over, and I don't. Over, what, over you're doing. what you're doing. That should tell you something. The line that really got me, though, was she's like, if you can't even get your own daughter to believe in what you're doing, how do you expect a town full of strangers to follow you? Exactly. And she kind of does bring up the fact, like, you know, Batwoman's doing all this without charging a penny, meaning, like, a lot of what the crows do, they get paid for. Now, they're a business, so, yeah, they they get paid for it. She does it out of the, out of the sense of right and wrong. Jacob's like, how can you believe in someone who doesn't even who doesn't even show their face? Batwoman grapples down. She's like, I can't show you my face, but I can help you take down this guy if you'll trust me. And this is when she offers her hand, right? Yep. They shake hands and decide they're going to take him out together. Jacob asks, all right, so what are we going to do? We cut to a scene where the coach, his old coach is on TV in front of the stadium. 
you know, asking him to come asking him to come down to the stadium so they can talk and he can apologize because basically he's getting revenge on everybody that kind of he feels turned him into this. The guy he killed at the beginning was the doctor who switched the brain scans. The the um, head coach retired right after the incident on the field before anyone could ask questions. So he's a, he's essentially enacting his revenge on these people that he felt turned him into what he became or at least kept him from knowing the damage that was being done to him. Yeah, I don't – sorry, my phone just did something strange. Um, well, I'm sorry, what, what did you ask me? I forgot. I didn't hear you cut out. Saying, <laughs> I was just saying that um, he's pretty much enacting revenge on everyone that he kind of blames for what happened to him or kept what was happening from him. Oh, yeah. I, like, I, I totally checked out on this story, so I didn't even make that connection. Like, th- this whole Villain of the Week story did not grab me in the slightest at all. We go over to Mouse and Alice, who are having a candlelit dinner, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> I, this is not what I was expecting. For some reason, like, when they were talking in the scene before this, I was expecting, like, for there to be, like, some giant goodbye party. And maybe that yeah. was supposed to be the original plan at some point i don't know and then this happened and i'm like uh okay so alice is like look in order for us to be able to move on and leave gotham behind we got to get rid of we got to get rid of whatever ties us here and she rips up the copy of alice in wonderland that mouse gave her back back when they were you know when she was being held captive she rips it in half puts it in a bowl and Mouse even jokes like, "Oh, you've been pay- you paid attention during group therapy because that's one of the that's one of the therapy things is like anything that ties you to your, your trauma you have or to your let trauma go. you you know you want to you want to get rid of it." So Alice uh, throws each half of the book in a bowl and starts to light it on fire, and you know she she gives the entire quote from Alice in Wonderland about wanting to you know go to the gardens. You know, make a wish in the cool fountain. She wants to meet a man with many hats and smile back at the tre- at the treasure cat. And as she was starting to, as she was starting that monologue, like two sentences into this, I just sat there. I'm like, she's gonna kill him. See, I wasn't expecting it. And you know, she's like, I want to run with you forever. And his nose starts bleeding. And so she ascend- she used the same poison on him that she used to kill Mary's mother. I wasn't expecting this at all. At-, at the start at the start of the episode I didn't. But the way the scene was the way the scene was eerily playing out, it just kind of popped into my head like I wasn't trying to be like, "All right, where you know, where are they going to go? What are they going to do?" Right. No, exactly, I, but it was just the I- way she started delivering the lines. I'm like, She's saying goodbye to him because she's about to kill him. I never saw this coming. And not I think I was about as shocked as he was that it was happening. But it's it's interesting and, and this just popped into my head while we were talking. You said something, you know, have you know, how they talked about having to let go of the things that tie you to your trauma. Yep. As much as much as it was about not wanting mouse to leave her behind i wonder if she was also 
he is he is very much a symbol of the trauma she endured. I so I wonder if that kind of played into it too. Um, it very well could have. And like I said in the last episode, like Mouse does a lot for Alice, and I never really question as to whether or not Alice cares about Mouse. I always believe she does, but I always believe she cares about him because he is he is so helpful to her. Right, and also because he is the one person that always helped her. Yeah, but I don't like like I don't think it was I mean, here she she's she's really she's really tearful when when she when Mouse is dying and she says goodbye. So maybe there was like maybe there was actual emotion in their relationship. But I always kind of felt like in the back of my head, I always wondered if Cartwright was right about her. Like she was kind of using Mouse for her own ends, like to escape. See, see, I never and this this is just me always finding the more emotional beats to things. But I always saw their relationship so close because they were all they had to get through the abuse that Cartwright put them through. And then I feel like maybe, again, going back to the fear toxin, something shifted. She saw that there is a part of Mouse at some point that could have turned on her because he did in that moment. Granted, it was because of the fear toxin. But I I also wonder if maybe that was the moment that kind of shifted the dynamic between them. Yeah, I mean, it's very possible. We come back from commercial. Um, Sophie and Julia are walking into Crow's headquarters into, like, the main room, and there's, like, two people there. And Julia's like, did we miss an office party, or what's going on? And this is and the first like, time we've seen them all episode, right? Like, we haven't yes, seen them Yes, I was actually now. just thinking, I was actually just thinking, I was like, crap, is there a scene about this already passed like did i forget it and i was like no no it happens after all right so yeah they just come out of nowhere and like hey we're in this episode two guys <laughs> they got the jacob treatment this week yeah where is everybody and they're like oh everybody's at the arena because that's what's going down and she and sophia's like huh that's weird that i didn't know any of this so she tells julia to give to give batwoman a heads up julia texts luke and Batwoman, Luke gets on the comms. He's like, hey, Julia just texted me. And Kate's like, yep, I know. You know, everything's fine. I, You know, everything's going to be fine. I'll be fine. You know, you didn't see the look in my dad's face when we shook, when we shook hands. Everything will be okay. And I knew in that moment that everything was not going to be okay. <laughs> the, the lights turn out of, in the stadium. She switches on her infrareds and she kind of sees him picking off members of the crows around the stadium because they were all like they were all over the stadium. And Jacob's like, why hasn't he shown up yet? And Batwoman's sitting there going, "Um, you guys aren't really doing that good at hiding. Like, so he shows up. She grapples down to the field as he's chasing out, as he's charging at the coach, they fight, they fight. He gets the upper hand. 
and Kate's like, and Batwoman looks at him and she's like, look, this isn't you. Your brother told me about you, about helping out the, you know, being a big brother, getting the kids to the school bus stop safely. And he, he finally pauses and kind of shows regret for what he's been doing and then gets shot like 75 times. The lights come back on in the stadium. The crows have Batwoman surrounded with the dead body of Tesla. And she's like, you didn't have to shoot him. And then she notices that they're all pointing their guns at her. And that's when I was like, okay, here we go. Why is the only trustworthy member of this family Alice? What about Mary? I meant the blood relative. Okay. (laughs) Kate Kate is like, hey, Alice, I'm going to help you shove you into Arkham Asylum and lock the door. Jacob's like, yeah, Batwoman, I'm going to help you. I'm going to shoot you. Alice is the only one keeping her word to anybody, to Hush. She was like, hey, I owe Hush a face. He helped us. I mean, and look, and she's vowing, like, and her word has always, might not necessarily be what you want it to be, but she always does keep her word. And you would think, and now that, and I didn't even think of this before, but you mentioned what Kate and Jacob did to Alice. You would think that would give Kate pause on. I mean, I mean, to be fair, Jacob never agreed to help Alice. So that, you know, I could see that why she didn't think of it. But I'd be like, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Like if I did that to Alice. But like, I mean, if he's if he's willing to put his own daughter in a sane asylum, why would she be so quick to think that he would just be cool with the fact that his other daughter is Batwoman? Well, he doesn't know that. Well, no, he doesn't. But her eventual goal was to get yeah, to a point where she could tell him. And I, I don't. Yeah, we're going to we're going to talk about that in a little bit at a decent length um, because I have theories. Um, OK, so they all start shooting Batwoman. She grapples up. She grapples up and out of the stadium. Sophie and Julia. Yeah. Wasn't there Sophie a moment where Jacob into... came up and started shooting, too? Did we mention that? Yeah, they were all shooting. Okay. He's the one who fires the first shot. Then they all shoot. And then she grapples up um, just as Sophie and Julia come running into the stadium. Um, I will say, as far as them keeping their word, I brought this up to uh, a listener uh, before we started recording. And she had said, well... Back in the third episode, um, Alice Alice gave Bat, you know, Kate her word that she wouldn't kill anybody for 24 hours, and she does. Like she kills somebody. I'm like, yeah, but you know, Alice was really upset by that. Like she <laughs> felt bad. She she didn't kill somebody at the beginning because she was like, nope, I gave my word, and then she just like instinctively killed someone, and she was like, damn it. <laughs> We come back from commercial, and Sophie is yelling at Jacob. She's like, you know, you had, you know, why did you send, you know, why didn't you tell us about this? You know, if you're going to, if you're going to send me on launching this app to get me out of the way, then why even bother having me? And she's got a point. I mean, she does. You know, we discussed last week about whether or not Sophie would become the vigilante question. 
And I was like, well, how are you going to how is she going to like reconcile that with being with the crows? How do you separate the two? Her leaving the crows because of this could be could be the reason. Absolutely. Because I totally see where that's going. Yeah. And Jacob kind of gives her a running thing. He's like, why did I have to? Like, you're going to take her side over mine. You know, what is it that you and my own daughter, you know, you and my daughter see in her that I'm that I'm missing? And he goes storming off. Sophie's like, I thought you told Batwoman to watch out. She was like, I did. She didn't listen to me. And then Sophie kind of looks at her and she's like, you don't believe me? Which seemed like a giant leap. Yeah, uh, that moment was kind of weird. Yeah, and then Mary's and then Sophie's like, well, you know, maybe it's because I'm looking for flaws because I'm just scared of being in a relationship with a woman. And before we get to Julia's response, I thought about this. Last episode, we had Mary, Sophie, talking about. <laughs> so, look, I actually ran into. I was talking to my friend Lauren about this show, and she confused Sophie and Mary as well. And she was like, I always get their names backwards. And her excuse was that Sophie doesn't look like a Sophie and Mary doesn't look like a Mary. <laughs> I guess you could adapt that too. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I don't know if like Mary looks like a Sophie and Sophie looks like a Mary, but you know what? Someone else confuses their names all the time too. I'm good. I'm not the only one. <laughs> now, so, I have yeah. a question and this goes back to our earlier conversation about the whole episode of feeling disjointed. Do you feel like there might have been maybe more Sophie Julia stuff that we didn't see that maybe got cut from well, the episode? I was I was about to say this like so last episode we had Sophie talking to Kate and she's like you know I'll keep it platonic if you want you know are me and her like if me and her get together is that going to be okay or I can keep it platonic if you want Kate's like no go ahead and we get we get Sophie and Julia kissing at the end of that episode but it seems like a lot of their like romantic relationship building has been done off screen. I feel like it's on the cutting room floor because, like I said, they had to make room for Alice and Mouse and something had to give. Yeah, but I don't know if it's just this episode. Like, it feels like that there had been building to that relationship. Like, we had seen hints with it with them in scenes. But nothing that ever really addresses it. Right. But I feel like we would have gotten that if they had because like I, they just popped up in the middle of the episode out of nowhere. And I feel like they did that because the scene at the end with Sophie and Jacob needed to happen. Right. But they, I mean, and we didn't even know that Sophie was off doing the app thing. She mentioned it. Correct. But she was just gone up until that point. So it, it screams to me like stuff hit the cutting room floor to make room for something else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it it really does. Um, so Julia's like, no, I'm being shady by design. And she goes, she's like, in one of my many thrilling, sexy adventures, you know, I, I fell for the wrong person and then I betrayed them. And Sophie asks uh, who she was. And she says, uh, Sephia, who is the person who runs the island of Coralena, who was after Alice. And Kate. 
in the comics, didn't you say that Kate was her ex? Yes. So, so did they retcon that to the show and make it Julia? It seems so. Yeah. Because Kate does kind of betray her um, in the comics. And then when she comes back, Kate thinks like everything's copacetic. And then she's like, haha, I don't forget. Um, so it does seem like they're giving Julia that slot, um, which is fine. Like, I don't need Kate to know everybody. Like, so I just want to know. And the question is, did she, did Julia betray her by, um, by what she did for Kate this season when she tells Kate, like, look, I told her, you know, cause she was trying to find the journal for Sephia. And she's like, once I know, once I knew what the journal was, I told her to forget it. I wasn't doing it anymore. If that's the betrayal or if she betrayed her earlier. And And this is her making up for that. And, and part of the thing of getting back at Julia was to kill Kate because also maybe getting her this journal might be her way of apologizing for that. Right. And then when she found out what the journal does, she was like, no. So she's like, she's like, her name is Sephia. She shows um, Sophie pictures that were dropped off at her hotel of her and Julia, like out and about kind of being together. And she's like, so, you know, I'm trying to keep you at a little bit of a distance because, you know, now you're in the crosshairs as well. Yeah, and it's definitely felt like set up for something else. Like, you could definitely see in spots that this was not meant to be a finale. Um, I think this is set up for season two. Like Either I don't, season two or Sephia was going to be, like, I think we're, the... I think we were going to see her at the end of season one. Exactly. She was going to be the 30-second tag and then see right. you in season right. two. Exactly. So I don't think this was supposed to resolve at all in the last two episodes. I think this is just starting that setup because we've been hearing about her more and more throughout the season goes. And this is just one more part. Exactly. Um, we go back over to Wayne Tower. Uh, Kate is kind of crunched up on the couch with a with a beverage, an alcoholic beverage in her hand. And Mary oh, comes this in scene with like broke a bag. my heart. Mary comes in with a bag of ice and she's like. I remembered this time you like to ice your knuckles. And Kate's like, ah, I have uh, alcohol. Mary's like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the opposite one. Um, so they have a they have a really good sister moment. And and Kate's like, you know, I, I really I really saw myself coming out to him one day about being that woman. woman. And now, you know, I don't know what to think. You know, that betrayal hurt more than. Any of the bullets did. Yeah, any of the bullets did. That line, oh, that line hit me, like, right in the feels. So it it was a very good line, and them toasting to sisters was really sweet and, and heartfelt. <clears throat> but it made me think, and I, again, I was talking, you know, the same, the same uh, listener. I was asking, out, and I was like, you know, so one of the, th- one of the things we've seen this season is Sophie has always been in the closet she came out to her mother her mother rejects her sexuality but kate has always been out now to our knowledge jacob's always been fine with kate's uh, sexuality 
Like, that doesn't seem to have ever been a problem. No. But is the show is the show deliberately putting them to at odds over this as a way of doing the coming out of the closet thing without it being the cliche, like, gay person coming out of the closet and, oh, of course, the, you know, the parent has to not really be happy about it. This is kind of a, this is kind of like a very, like, read into it sort of thing. Yeah, it's, there's definitely a parallel there. I can see it. And I uh, and the only reason I really thought of it was just the way she like the way she it, phrased it out of the closet as Batwoman. Yeah, the way she because I didn't even make the connection until she said it myself, and I was like, oh, so that's what they're doing. Yeah, and I like it because because you already had you already had Sophie in that position, and in the comics, you know, Jacob has always been fine with his with her sexuality, so. You really couldn't do that. But I, I think I like this, especially as an allegory, because it's not it's not the contrived, cliched version. <clears throat> and it gives them some sort of thing to kind of like it's a barrier in their relationship that, now, that they're going to s- have to get past. Now, how do you feel like this is going to affect Kate and Jacob's relationship going forward with him not knowing because she knows how he feels about Batwoman knowing she is Batwoman but he has no idea that she's Batwoman so he's just treating her like he would normally is yeah, she going to distance herself from him now yeah it's going to cause it's going to cause some emotional problems because while while she could be fine with him not really liking Batwoman now like not only did he not only did he betray her even though he was betraying batwoman and not necessarily kate he he not only betrayed her but then he like he physically shot at her yeah and i don't know like try as hard as you can i don't don't think she's gonna get past that yeah i don't know if you can get past that mentally like well he didn't know it was me i was technically batwoman so it's a very it's a very difficult mind block to get past. But I mean that's going to be a that's going to be a season 2 thing. So we'll have to wait and see. Um Luke comes in with a little with a little manila envelope about the size of a pin and he's like, "I got something for you." And he pours out this white powder on the table and Kate's like, "No thanks." Alcohol is fine. Don't need it. And, and Luke is just like, what? no, it's the kryptonite. And Mary's like, how did you end up? How did you end up breaking it? And he's like, oh, I use this, you know, I use this giant, this giant pneumatic thing to smash it. And she's like, smash? You mean like with a hammer? With a hammer? I loved that. <laughs> and he's like, no, it's this giant machine that pounds it. You mean a hammer? And then he's finally like, yes, a really, really large hammer. And Mary's just like, told you so. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I thought that was cute and adorable. So Mary blows the powder off the table and she's like, I'm taking the only thing that can kill you off the table. And Kate's like, well, about that. <laughs> yeah, about that. See, there's this picture here. 
And behind this picture is Kryptonite that I got from a friend. Which the, and they did show in the previously on for the episode. Right. Um, now, in the episode, I I saw this in the episode. There was supposed to be a framed picture of Kate and Kara, but because of the production was shut down because of the COVID. Um, they weren't able to get the photo done before they shut down. Oh wow! So that was that was a little bit of tidbit that uh, one of the writers had mentioned. <laughs> um, so she's like, "Yeah, my friend gave this to me for safekeeping. We can't destroy it until I talk to her." Right, because it's not mine to destroy. And she trusts me. Right, and she's like, "You know, I just want everyone to know so that way we don't keep secrets from each other." Like, us three, no lying, no secret keeping, you know, we're all on the same page, all out in the open forever, or at least until next season. I was going to say, how long do you actually picture that lasting? I got it four episodes. (laughs) Now, I'm going to up that to six episodes, because if they essentially film the last two episodes as the first two of next season... I mean, like, four full season two episodes, not season 1.5 episodes. Yeah. So we go over to Alice, uh, who is finishing sewing Hush's face onto him. And she's like, all right, I'm done. Look at my masterpiece. And he, you know, is looking through a broken chart of glass because Alice didn't steal a mirror, apparently. And, you know, he's like, what did you do? And she's like... I fulfilled your wildest dream. I gave you the face of Bruce Wayne. And she shows Bruce Wayne on on like a business magazine. And then we get a then we get to see Hush's face as Bruce Wayne, which is which we talked about last week. And you we talked about congrats. Thank you. I mean, we talked about it being a comic story. So I wasn't too surprised. But I will say I do like how sneakily. They cast somebody as Bruce Wayne, and nobody knew about it. Yeah, I think the fact that the production was shut down probably stopped that from leaking. Yeah, yeah, I don't, like, it's weird, like, well, I mean, also, this was shot in the in the sewer set, so it wasn't like they were outside, you know? True. You know, I just, like I said, this was... This was done really well. Like very few times nowadays can you keep a secret on a show, and the fact that they sneakily, they sneakily um, hired an actor to play Bruce Wayne, even though right now he's playing Thomas Elliot, who it looks like will be rampaging as Bruce Wayne in season two. I wonder if they even like let him know whoever the actor was that that's who he was or if there was like a dummy name in the script and then they flipped it on the day that they filmed it that is very possible um he could have just been like hey we're bringing you in as tommy elliott um because he had his face redone you know right and then maybe they give him like super secret pink pages like a script revision like right before he goes to set and like oh by the way um this is who you actually are. I mean, they might not even need to because she's the one who says Bruce Wayne. Like, it's not like he doesn't. So they could have just kept the name out of it until they filmed. And then but she would have been the only one who would have seen it. Yeah. Right. But even then, like, I really like how they how they did this. 
And then she's like, I need you to go to Wayne Tower and get me the kryptonite. So that means Hush's plan now is to essentially be Bruce Wayne. He's going to show up at Wayne Tower be like, this is all mine. <clears throat> he knows that he knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman, so he knows about the Batcave. So I'm wondering if we'll even get him in a Batman suit next season. Can they even do that? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, this isn't this isn't like I don't think this is like back when Smallville was airing when they were like, we want to bring in Bruce Wayne. And they were like, no, we're doing movies with him and it will confuse people. Um, I don't think. And the only reason I would say that is because they have the Flash, you know, they have the Flash in the movie universe and you have the Flash TV show. Same thing. Same thing with Superman. Like, it seems like they're past that point of. We can only have them in one or the other. We can't have them in both. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see exactly where this goes. Yeah. I. Yeah. So next season, you know, he's going to be running around as Bruce. He's going to be in the suit. I think it's almost a guarantee. <clears throat> and it's going to be like part of the season is going to be like the damage he's doing to the reputation, to the reputation and just in general. Um, like even if he just tries to be Bruce Wayne, like he's still like, there's going to be something, there has to be something there that that's going to tip off Kate, but that'll be, that'll be next season. Um, so that's it. That was, that was the season finale. And that was... like, so like that end and the whole setup of Batwoman versus the crows. I think the Batwoman versus the Crows was supposed to be the last two episodes. Yes, me too. So I don't know where we're going to go from there. So that to me felt pretty well for a, for a season finale, but the rest of the episode, the the villain of the week was just a really, it was, it was unfortunate. If this was an episode and I was like, well, there's two more episodes to go. Okay. I also feel like if, if those two episodes were still able to be a thing that this episode wouldn't have looked like this. I do not think the Alice Mouse stuff would have been in this episode. I think this episode would have been more well-rounded and not so disjointed. I think they would have moved the Alice Mouse stuff to a different episode because they were already filming it as part of a different episode when production got shut down. Yeah, and it's very possible. But I just feel like I just feel like the reason why I the reason why I feel let down by a good portion of the episode is just because it was unfortunately this season like it was unfortunately the de facto season finale uh, yeah it, it, it <laughs> wasn't planned care. and it also felt like the villain of the week literally only served its purpose to get kate and jacob to their respective places or at least kate to realize what jacob's batwoman feelings actually were right which is fine like i said if you have two more episodes to go then you know we've said it we kind of said it all along like there hasn't really been like a down episode this season and this was like the first time the villain of the week just kind of felt a little too generic yeah and there was too much exposition with it like yeah so much of it like they had to recap so much of what happened previously that it just made me completely disconnected. Yeah, that is that is the downside. That is the downside. So 
yeah, it, it's definitely it has some really nice moments, but overall, just the just the villain of the week storyline, I thought was a was a big miss this time around. Yeah, this this was by far the weakest villain of the week for me all yeah. season. This even the Punisher was his name, right? Because that was the one we didn't like before this. No, or the, the Punisher. Ex- the Punisher is a Marvel character. Not the Punisher, the Executioner. The Executioner. Yeah. That's we weren't we weren't thrilled with him, and he was the weaker one up until this point. However, he was even better than this. Absolutely, I fully agree. But unfortunately, that's the season finale. So, I mean, that's it. That's um. We'll, we'll see you. We'll see you all in January. <laughs> um. Well, I there's nothing else. So. Um, <laughs> All right, see you guys in a few months. Bye. You what? do. <laughs> I mean, we kind of have to discuss. Oh, all right. I'm sorry. So, um, there it, was kind it, of a was, giant yeah, bomb that news, went off. There was there was news that broke today. Um, like an which hour was, before we pressed. Re- which was really weird. Um, so the news came from Brian Austin Green's podcast, and he admitted that him and Megan Fox have been separated for a few months now. Um, and they've been married for like 10 years. They have three children together. So it's really sad. But apparently like when Megan, I'm assuming it was when Megan was filming her, her like documentary TV show. She's like, I was on my own for a few weeks and I just felt really like myself, you know, for the first time in a long time. And I want to explore that. So oh, God. Unfortunately, they are separated. Uh, That did come out today, but that was so. They request your privacy at this time. So, um, all right, we'll see you next season. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Oh my God. What? I I don't even like I don't even know what to say. I'm just really happy that that also happened today, so I had something to go to. (laughs) Um, All right, so about an hour before we started. (laughs) Uh, deadline variety pretty much every single person around the world texted me <laughs> and me a news report that said ruby rose quit batwoman um yeah <laughs> i so, don't really know what bat- to do with that batwoman with the Batwoman TV show. So they do plan on recasting. That is still going to happen to have a second season. They are going to recast. Um, so I don't really know what to do with that. So Because basically this entire show is going to be different now. I mean, will it? Uh, yeah. I it's mean, what? It's going to be Kate. Like, they're recasting her. Yeah, they're re- but that's the thing. They're recasting her. Part of what made this show work are the dynamics and all the characters. I and agree. those dynamics come from Ruby. I agree. Um, I thought, now, when this first started, I really liked the casting. For one, she was an LGBTQ person playing an LGBTQ character. Which, which is which kind of rare. Yeah, you don't quite get that a lot. Um if at all, but yet you get it very little nowadays, but you get some definitely more so than it was five, 10 years ago. Um, and I thought she had like, she had a good look down. I thought she could do really well with the part. She, she showed up on crisis last year 
and I thought she looked really good as Batwoman. I liked her in the suit. I thought her Kate was a little was a little wooden, but I was like, you know what? I want to see like I want to see where she, what she does with the character, and I think she'll grow. And all season I, I've seen it. All season I've seen her grow into the character, and she's you know she's come through with leaps and bounds over other people that that had slow starts to characters. And I like I'm trying to fan cast this role and I'm literally coming up empty. Yeah. Like so, I don't even know what it's going to look like. Yeah. So she released a statement and the statement said I have made the very difficult decision to not return to Batwoman next season. This was not a decision I made lightly, as I have the utmost respect for the cast, crew, and everyone involved with the show in both Vancouver and in Los Angeles. <clears throat> I am beyond appreciative to Greg Berlanti, Sarah Schechter, and Caroline Dryers for not only giving me this incredible opportunity, but for welcoming me into the DC universe they have so beautifully created. Thank you, Peter Roth and Mark Pedowitz and the teams at Warner Brothers and the CW who put so much into the show and always believed in me. Thank you to everyone who made season one a success. I am truly grateful. Now, um, last September, we found out that Ruby had undergone emergency surgery for two herniated discs. And, oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. And she um, – and – Questions arose to which project had contributed to her injuries she sustained. So no one no one was quite sure if it was because of Batwoman or not. Um, they just said she went she had surgery for two herniated discs. Uh, sources on the Variety article say that that had nothing the decision had nothing to do with her health or injury. So in theory she you know in theory she's physically fine. Um, I. Mm. I, I feel like there's more here. I don't know what the more is. So but, there's there's a couple thing a couple ways to look at this. One, when did she, you know, I don't think she woke up today and made this and made this decision. No, I don't think so either. This show got picked up fairly early for season 2. I think it got picked up in like what? The January? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cuz CW does a whole slew of renewals in January and Batwoman was part of it. Right. So, so I'm wondering. So, when when it got renewed for season two, obviously they would have to have talked to her. Now, granted, like all their contracts were probably for more than one season. Like it was an option thing. Uh, yeah. Don't they normally sign five year deals when they sign on to do the pilot? Um, I don't know if they do that right off the rip. Um, but I know like the option, like the the contracts, at least for like the. It's usually for at least two seasons, and then you might go into a longer contract. So the question becomes, when they made that decision, was Ruby on board then? And at some point she decided to leave? Or was the decision made then? Like, was Ruby like, well, I don't know if I want to do a second season. And they were like, well, you know, we'll we'll come back to this after the first season's done. Like, we'll... Let's go through it, and we'll come back to this afterwards. But I feel like I feel like if there were even hints that she wasn't going to be on board for season two, even then, it would have leaked. I mean, I would agree with you, but I don't. I honestly don't know. I so feel like something. I have happened. two. I have two theories. Well, I have one theory, and I have 
one that and one uh, someone tweeted out a decent theory. But before we get to that one, I'm wondering if this has anything to do with the current state of that was my thought of too. affairs with the virus. Like, is she worried about going back? Like, she's going to have to go back whether she's ready to or not. That's true. Whether she's she feels good. whether she like eventually they're going to make the decision and be like, look, we've done all we can. We're going to find ways to try and minimize it. We're going to we're going to try and keep you guys as safe as humanly possible. But at some point, you got to go back into production with or without a vaccine. And CW, I mean, you just see it. CW pushed off their season till January, which means that gives them like two or three more months to, to figure things out, to figure out how to do it, how to make sure people are as safe as humanly possible and on the outside hope that there's a vaccine. <clears throat> now. Maybe Ruby's like, well, I don't really want to go back if I don't feel comfortable. You know, maybe she has maybe she has some pre-existing conditions that we don't know about that yeah, aren't no, really that could a very huge well factor be. in her normal life, but could could sustain, could open her up to more problems. Or maybe um, her or maybe her significant other, if she has one, I honestly don't know right now. Um, maybe that's the thing. The second thing is someone tweeted out um, who seems to have some connection to the some connection to uh, the world of entertainment. Zach Stentz on Twitter said, I have no behind the scenes knowledge here, but it's actually not uncommon for actors from the features slash cable world to be shocked and unprepared for the sheer workload of being a lead in a network show and quickly become miserable doing it. That could also be it. Like, like cable network, uh, cable TV is is grueling hours. Yeah, and also too, like, not only is she a lead, she's a lead on a big show on the CW, part of a big universe. Like, there's a and, lot of focus on her. Yeah, and there's, you know, they yeah they have stunt people. But there's a lot of stuff she has to do. Like, there's a lot of physical stuff that she also has to do on her own, <clears throat> regardless if they have stunt people just because of close-ups or what have you. Um, so maybe it was just a grind. Maybe she just got to the end of the season and was like, I don't know if I can, you know, I not necessarily I don't know if I can go through this a second time. But, like, I don't want to give it a half-assed effort. So I don't know if I want to... I don't know if I want to put my body through that and end up really just giving a half-assed effort because I don't want to be there doing it. Part of me also feels like there's more to this than we know. Like, I feel like something happened. I don't know what that something could be, but I feel like something happened. Because this all just seemed so random and so abrupt. I mean, it's, it's possible. It is very possible. But... Everyone seemed to have – everyone had statements ready. Ruby had statement. I think Berlanti <clears throat> or the production company had a statement. And aside from the statements, like they they weren't giving out any other sound bites. So until I know otherwise or until something comes in to make me question it, I think I think this is about as on face value as it is. Like yeah. Some, like she chose she didn't want to do it and whether it's for the virus and she doesn't want to say that because she doesn't like maybe she doesn't want to sound like maybe she thinks if she says it's because of the virus like nobody will want to t- 
touch her where like in a year from now she might be in a different spot to be like all right i'm willing to go back and do this um but if it's just like the grind and you know the grind got to her you know this still seems very amicable and until something else comes out which i don't know if it will or not it's this sounds like it was a very amicable thing where she just decided this was what was best for her feels like a weird choice to make it does but let's not forget um she was in orange is the new black she wasn't like a main character and i honestly i've never seen the show i haven't either i don't really know like how much of an integral character she was but i know that's where she came from um she's been in a few movies she hasn't been in a lot um so i don't think this was i don't think this was a case of like her regretting like well i had to pass on this movie and this movie <clears throat> you know like some tv actors like most of the time when you hear people leave tv shows they're like i want to do movies right like i'm gonna do movies and then they never do movies because oh you were really good at that one character but that's about it also it. it also seems weird to kind of and i don't think that would be the reason now especially because of the situation that we are in currently, like nobody knows the state of anything. Like you're quitting a job with absolutely zero certainty that you're even going to get anything else. So it just, I don't see it like you said, being because she wants to go do other projects because nobody else is really doing anything right now because of the state of everything. I don't, I think if that's like if that's her reasoning, I don't think money's an issue for her. Um, and yeah, while she hasn't done a ton of movies, and she did oranges like she's done oranges and new black, so she got you know she gets money from that, she gets money from the movies, and she got money from here. She was also a model prior to this, and to my knowledge, she was a pretty in demand model. So I think she's made at least a decent nest egg for herself to be able to be like. I want to take it slow. It's. I'll be interested to see if anything else. I agree. Comes I, out. Yeah. I think. I. I. I understand your point. I honestly don't think there's anything more to it than her just being like, "There's like, this is all me, and I'm doing this for, for reasons that are known to myself." But it's like I don't think there's anything sinister. I don't think there was any problems behind the camera because we we've never even heard of a hint of it no we've heard nothing now how do they go about casting this um i believe they put out a casting call no no no, women of a certain age range well yes i I, I get the general the general but like i mean in this kind of (laughs) like in the current state of situations like you can't really go to a I mean, you can self-tape and send in an, an initial audition, but Zoom how auditions. are they? But how are they going to screen test? Who are they going to screen test her with? Um. Well, so I will say that I would see a lot of audition tapes being come in, but while we're not to the point of being able to start production on shows, and really you can't do production on the CW shows because. They all travel in Vancouver. Yeah, exactly. There's a there's the travel lockdown. Like you can't cross the border. Like if they were shooting and say on a set in Los Angeles, I think that by the end of the summer they might be back to that. So 
So I think you would at least be able to get people in and around the California area to come in and do and do uh, a reading or an audition because you you know you really only need like Greg Berlanti, a hard camera, and maybe one other person. So you could you could probably do it with like two or three people, and you just have to space it out. Like you can't have a cattle call. Like you got to do like one or two a day. But you also got to make sure that she has chemistry with the existing actors on the show. I think that would be the second step. Like you would you would figure out like, all right, we think these three or four or five people might be good. And then you try and get somebody from again, you get like if anybody from the show lives around that area, then you'd be like, all right, can you come in and do this? And again, you can keep it down to three or four people like you don't need a lot of people for this procedure. Because you can record it, and then you share that tape among the rest of the executives. Like I think you have Berlanti or whoever is, or whoever is like the lead showrunner that you trust to be like, all right, come up with a few choices, and then we'll put it to the rest of the group. Now, is there anybody that comes to mind, or do you think they're going to have to find a fresh face? Karen Gillan. Who is that? Uh, that is my future wife. <laughs> Um, no, she uh, she played Amelia Pond on Doctor Who. She is Ruby Roundhouse in the new Jumanji movies, and she's Nebula in Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Really? Yes. Yeah. You, you had to wait to the Marvel thing. You did that in purpose. No, I, I didn't see the new Jumanji, and I'm not a Doctor Who fan. You know, I can deal with the doc- with not liking Doctor Who, even though I like Doctor Who. But like the first Doctor I saw was her, like her series. So, you know, that's when I kind of fell in love with her. But I also love her in Jumanji. And yes, she is Nebula. She is the only thing in the Marvel universe that I love. Um, she's also been trying to campaign for the role of Batgirl in the movies because Batgirl is a redhead and she is a redhead. Um, Oof, if she's a natural redhead, because I never know with Guardians of the like if like Oh yeah, because she's painted blue in Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. And her hair's like not there. Uh, to <laughs> so my knowledge, a, she is a natural redhead. Which that would mean that she wouldn't have to wear the wig. No, the you still wear the wig. You still wear the wig. The wig is in the comics. Right. It's an actual wig. Like her hair's a buzz cut in the comics. Right, okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um so I want Karen Gillan just because I absolutely love her. I think she's a great actress. Um, I don't, I don't see it ever happening. I think she's kind of moved on from being in a TV series in this stage of her career because she's been in so many movies that have done really well. She's kind of an in-demand actress. Um, actually, there was a report this week or last week that Disney um, wants to reboot Pirates of the Caribbean. And that she is kind of on the short list to be the head of that franchise. Okay. Um, so, like, I just threw that out there because, A, I love her. B, she's a redhead. I don't quite know if she'll if she would be a great fit. Although, although to be honest, it wasn't until I brought up Nebula and Guardians of the Galaxy that I was like, oh, yeah, she's kind of played a, a kind of tough person role. So like, it, I just think Ruby Roundhouse, and I'm like, okay. but, yeah. Like, 
I can't picture anybody else in this role except Ruby. This yeah, is going to be, be so strange. It's going to be weird. Like, it's going to legit feel like a completely different show. And I hope that all the dynamics are, I won't say the same, because you can't replicate chemistry. Right. But I do hope that they're just as good, and maybe we can even aim for better. Not to say that Ruby had bad chemistry with anybody, because she didn't. But if I we would, can't get it to be as good, we could always aim for better. I would say if she had less than good chemistry with anybody on the show, it was Sophie. See, I saw chemistry with them in the beginning. Okay. And it might just be me being like, I don't want, like, I don't know if I really want them together. So I that mean, could I, be me being like, I don't know I if I want them I did see the, the chemistry bet- between the, the actors. I just... I hope that that the dynamic with Kate and Alice is still as good. I really hope that the dynamic with Kate and Mary is still as good. Like that's what I worry about. I've wa- I watch, as you all know, if you see my Twitter timeline, I watch Days of Our Lives. I have seen <gasps> many. A re- <laughs> I have seen many a recast completely come in and completely change the dynamics of pre-existing relationships. So I'm a little nervous just because of that previous experience, but I have hope. Yeah. Um, another one I wouldn't mind seeing Megan Fox. Oh, I, I so don't picture that nothing against Megan Fox. I just don't picture her accepting CW money. I mean, she kind of does her own thing. Like, I don't think money is what drives Megan Fox. I think it's whatever she decides she wants to do. Um, and I'm not I, saying, and I'm not saying like that's a bad thing. Like when she decides to do something, I'm generally interested in it. Like she did a six part or seven part. Like it wasn't a History Channel thing, but it was a show where she went around like finding out, like finding like historical places or historical artifacts and learning about them. And it was pretty interesting. Like I was, I initially only watched it because she was doing it, but it was interesting and she enjoyed doing it. So I will also say that um, I find it odd that the day we find out Megan Fox is single, <laughs> is the same day Ruby Rose decides she doesn't want to come back to Batwoman, maybe she's deciding to go after Megan. She's like, I've been waiting. I've been waiting for my chance with Megan Fox. She's now single. I want to give this a hundred and ten percent. I completely forgot that that news even came out earlier today. Before you said that, I was so like throughout the entire episode. I'm like, watch at the end when she expects me to talk about the Ruby Rose thing. I'm gonna bring up the Megan Fox and Brian Austin Green thing. And I went. And I. Went, when you said that, I was like, we're going there? I was like, what? Yes. <laughs> but I I kind of feel like they're going to go maybe with a fresh face. Now, were there any other names in the running for Batwoman other than Ruby? Like, when they were originally casting, did any other names surface other than her? I don't think so. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. Because it'd be interesting if they kind of went back to the original pool of people who auditioned to see if any of them were available. Like maybe the person who almost got the role. 
might get a second chance if there was a person like that. Hmm. Yeah. You know what it was when they, when they, um, what was I going to say? When they cast her, when they cast her, it was kind of like, it seemed like it was a very quick process. They were like, Hey, this year on crisis, we're going to have Batwoman. And then it was like, Hey, Ruby's going to be Batwoman. Like, it didn't seem like it was that wide of a net. Because I wasn't really paying attention to much news about Batwoman then. Because I was going to watch it, but uh, podcasting it wasn't even on my radar then. So I I wasn't even sure if maybe I had missed something. Right. Um, Someone on Twitter, as we've been talking about this, uh, tagged us. Yeah tagged us in a tweet asking uh asking for a fan cast and their fan cast uh is katie o'brien who is on black lightning actually as major gray oh oh yeah that's I, good and like i'm looking at her picture right now like i could definitely see it oh that's such a good choice <laughs> i don't know though like how much of a character is she on Black Lightning? She's not. They, they, if I remember correctly, and it's been a minute since the finale, but I do not think that she is on Black Lightning anymore. Okay. Yeah, because I'm just looking at her, I'm just looking at her Twitter account because they, they tagged her in it. She's George on Z Nation, which I never saw. And then it says Major Gray on Black Lightning. Actor, writer, lover, fighter. Um, yeah, just like on looks alone, this is a really good, this is a really good cast. I haven't seen her, like I haven't seen her act in anything I don't think of. I'm going to pull up her IMDb to see if she's done anything that uh, that I know. Katie Bryant. Let's see. Oh, she was on The Walking Dead after I stopped watching. Uh, Z Nation, Walking Dead, Halt and Catch Fire, Power Rangers, but I think that was a fan thing. All right, so nothing, nothing that I've seen. And she's, uh, she's been a stunt person. And Black Lightning is, while it's not a part of the Arrowverse, it is I mean, it is Greg, now. It is now. But it's a Greg Berlanti show, so I could totally see them sort of tapping into familiar territory, so to speak. Yeah, I mean the the series, the um, Berlanti and them have never really shied away of using um, actors for different things. Like just because you've shown up on one show doesn't necessarily mean that you can't show up on another show as somebody completely different. Okay. Assuming Green Arrow and the Canaries doesn't get picked up, which I want it to. I know. But you if do. it doesn't. Oh, what... I know. I know. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Felicity? I agree. No, 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 no. I was not thinking that. I was thinking Katie Cassidy. Mm, I don't know. I, I don't dislike her, but I've never really I've never really loved her in anything that I've really seen. Like, it's weird. I don't, it's, yeah, it's weird. <clears throat> I don't dislike her, um, but she's never really done anything. She was just kind of there for you, kind of not really one way or the other? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, she's done Laurel Lance. 
and Black Canary. Um, she was Ruby know. on Supernatural. She was Ruby on Supernatural. She was Julia. She was Juliet Sharp on Gossip Girl. Um, That's right. She was. I totally yep. forgot about that. She was in Melrose Place, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, she was in Taken. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, to see I don't, who they get. Yeah, I agree. It's it's definitely um, it it's definitely going to make things interesting. And you're right with everything going on. Like, how long is this process going to be? to go through and again for all we know like they've kept this a secret for a month or two like Maybe for all even... we know they could announce tomorrow who the new batwoman is exactly for all we know if if when they decided to have season two ostensibly they talked to ruby before that and if ruby said like look i don't really want to come back and they were like all right you know just do us a favor keep it under your hat um and, Which good on her for doing that for the last six months. Yeah, and uh, to be fair, this happened. I know you said you don't watch the. Uh, <clears throat> I know you said you don't watch it, but this happens a bit on Doctor Who. So Doctor Who's been around since like the sixties or seven sixties, I think. Right, but um, don't the doctors announce? This is me coming at it from a completely like non. I have no knowledge, but from yeah, the very little knowledge that I do have, the characters get regenerated as the Doctor, right? It's not technically the same character recast. They're all completely different characters. They just have the title of the Doctor. Um, I mean, theoretically, it's the same character. But, yeah, they when they when they regenerate, they manifest new personalities, new face and that. But what I'm saying is when the show – the show's been around since, like, the 60s, and then it went off the air for a while – when it came back um, years ago, it was with uh, Christopher Eccleston, and when he came on, he said, you know, he was only going to do one season, and that was it, and that was all he was contracted for. He told him right up front, he's like, I don't want to do this forever. I want to do, you know, this one season, and that's it, and they went through the entire season knowing that. And it never leaked out. Nothing came about until after the season finale. Yeah. And, on, I, and it happens it, a little bit on that show more than other shows. So it's possible that people have kept this a secret. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Oh, no, I know that. Because, like, even on other shows that I've watched, like, when Shamar Moore left Criminal Minds, we had no idea that was happening right. until the episode aired. Like, they had exit interviews ready to go, and they dropped as soon as the episode aired on the East Coast. But we, yep. there was no rumors, no nothing. The episode aired, and we're about halfway through it, and I looked at my mom, and I'm like, he's leaving at the end of this episode. And in fact, he did. And we knew nothing. So, it, I mean, it does happen. It's rare, especially with the advent of social media. You would think that stuff would leak, but yeah, it's going to so. be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. So it'll it'll be interesting. And like I said, if this was decided before the pandemic really hit, maybe they already have somebody ready to go, which would be great um, because you would want them to have as much time to get familiar with the character as possible. Um, But now I'm going to be really glued to my news. Yeah, we might be doing we might be doing an emergency podcast or two once it's announced. Once it is announced, we will do a podcast um, with our 
with our reactions. And then um, if if there's other casting news or we get a trailer, we'll definitely do an episode then. Um, but I I can't wait now. I know, me too. And the fact that we have to wait until January. Until January, yes. Like, <laughs> when I sent you that article, I cried. January. Like, this would have been difficult for, like, three months, and now it's January. It would have been difficult to wait till October. I hate waiting till October in the first place. The fact that they don't start their shows in September and we have to wait till the middle of October always drives me up look, a wall. The only thing right now that I have to look forward to in my life is the next season of Lucifer on Netflix. Yes! And the possibility of a season six, which I hope to God actually does happen. Uh, yes, but let's let's and well, this season split into two halves anyway. Right. So and they and they haven't aired either half yet. No, the first half is supposed to be the end of this month, beginning of next month, although it might have got oh, pushed back even, a little bit. I didn't even see that. Sweet. I'm almost positive. Yeah. Yeah, because usually me and my friend Lauren are up to date on on uh, Lucifer stuff, so I want to say that it is coming soon. Um, but real now, we are out of stuff to talk about for the season. Yeah. So you can contact us on Twitter at Batwoman TV Talk. You can contact me at Academy Rewind on Twitter. You can also email us at Batwoman TV Talk. At gmail.com. And where can the people find you? I'm at XO, Tony Roney, XO on Twitter. Yay. <laughs> um, yes. So send us an email. Send us a tweet. I try and respond to tweets as soon as I, as soon as I see them. Sometimes I'm, I look at my phone and be like, I'm going to do that in a couple minutes and then forget for two weeks. Like I did this week with somebody. <laughs> and I felt bad about it. But um, I usually respond. I usually try and respond to anything on Twitter you tag us in, especially if it's a question or a comment about the show. Um, and if you t- if you tag me personally, I will usually get back to you pretty quick. Uh, and then uh, by all means, please go rate and review us on iTunes or any yes. or any podcast app that you use. I will say, let me get this up because i've forgotten the information already is Bat it the woman information TV. you sent me earlier this week yes that woman that woman tv talk come on twitter there we go nailed it ne- never didn't work <laughs> uh i will say thank you to all our listeners um as we were ranked number 130 out of all podcasts in the u.s for tv and film genre and out of all uh, podcasts globally for TV and film, we were number 148. So we were in the top 150 in all podcasts uh, having to do with TV and film, which last I checked is a lot of them because I do one at least, one more other than this in the TV and film genre. And my friend Tim, who co-hosts Academy Rewind with me, does like three others in that genre. So... That's five out of 150 <laughs> out of uh, podcast right there. So thank you to all of our listeners. And I always love when we like randomly show up on charts in like South Africa or Sweden. So that's always that's always fun. Yeah. Uh, so thank you all for listening. We hope you come back next season. 
try not to forget us because January is so far away. Don't worry. We'll come back. We'll do like maybe our favorite episodes or something. We'll find fun content to do. It might not be every week, but we won't let you forget about us. Yes. I mean, I will random. I might just randomly find a uh, find a script online and reenact it all. My one man, my one man Batwoman episode. <laughs> Until then, again, thank you all for listening. We'll we'll see you soon. And we're going to get out of here. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.